Hello from the BBC. I'm Alexander Griffiths with an update on the war in Ukraine. Russia says more than a 1,000 Ukrainian marines have surrendered in the besieged port of Mariupol. Journalists from the Reuters news agency saw flames billowing from a major steelworks in the city, where the marines had set up defensive positions. Igor Konoshenkov is a spokesman for the Russian Defence Ministry. In the city of Mariupol, in the area of the metallurgical plant Ilyich, as a result of successful offensive operations of the Russian armed forces and units of the Donetsk People's Republic militia, 1,026 Ukrainian servicemen of the 36th Marine Brigade voluntarily laid down their arms and surrendered. But a top adviser to President Zelensky said the Marines had broken through to connect with the Azov Battalion, which meant that Mariupol was still standing. Our correspondent Anna Foster is in Ukraine. We know that the fighting has been happening for weeks. We know that the scale of destruction is huge. But actually trying to find out the reality of what is happening there is very difficult. Now, there are some suggestions that the battle could be towards its end, that it may end in favour of Russian forces. If Mariupol does fall into Russian control, their forces' attention will turn to the east of Ukraine, the region known as the Donbass. It's there that some of the most experienced Ukrainian forces are dug in, battle-hardened by fighting a separatist movement that began eight years ago to the day. The BBC's defence correspondent, Jonathan Beale, has been on the front line of the fight for the Donbass, meeting soldiers preparing for the enemy at their gates and hunting for the enemy within. We're out on patrol with Kramatorsk Police. This is the anti-saboteur unit. Remember, they're not just having to worry here about the offensive by Russia, which is getting closer and closer. They're also having to be concerned about the enemy within, people who are sympathetic to the Russians and who may be passing on information. Victor says they're arresting suspects almost every day. There is strong pro-Russian sentiment among some of those who've remained in this region. We look for bad people who help our enemy. We see them and hand them over to our intelligence services. Elsewhere, President Biden has accused the Russian President Vladimir Putin of committing genocide in Ukraine. He first used the term during a speech in Iowa. Your family budget, your ability to fill up your tank, none of it should hinge on whether a dictator declares war and commits genocide a half a world away. It became clear it wasn't an accidental use of the word when he repeated the line afterwards, as John Sudworth explains. The US president's use of the word genocide was immediately seized on by reporters, and Mr Biden expanded on the theme. I called it genocide because it become clearer and clearer that Putin is just trying to wipe out the idea of even being able to be a Ukrainian. Ultimately, he said it was for international lawyers to decide whether Russia's actions fitted the definition, but added, it sure seems that way to me. Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, tweeted an almost immediate response. Calling things by their names is essential, he said. The US president has previously accused Russia of committing war crimes in Ukraine following the killing of hundreds of civilians in Bucha and other towns. 
Russia denies targeting civilians. But the world's largest security body, the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe, says there are clear patterns of Russian troops violating international humanitarian law in Ukraine. A panel of experts said it found credible evidence of killings, torture and other inhuman punishment, mostly in areas under Russian control. And Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, has welcomed a visit by his counterparts from Poland and the Baltic states as a gesture of support for his country. The trip comes a day after the German president, Frank-Walter Steinmeier, cancelled his plans to join the group because Ukraine had made it clear he wasn't welcome. Damien McGuinness reports from Berlin. Some German politicians have expressed irritation and surprise that Germany's president, Frank-Walter Steinmeier, is not welcome in Kyiv, saying that the visit would have shown German solidarity with Ukraine. In one angry tweet, Aydan Özeguz, a leading member of Mr Steinmeier's Social Democrat Party, said it was irritating and not particularly clever for Ukraine to demand a lot of support from Germany, but to be unwilling to see the country's president. Those are the latest developments on day 49 of Russia's invasion. I'm Alexander Griffiths at the BBC.